Real shit, bro. I'm not fucking playing. Y'all, I'm not fucking playing at all. Niggas is out here following me and shit, bro. I can't even fucking sit at the light. Like, fuck this. Like, I gotta fucking go. Fuck this, bro. Suge Knight Jr. is out here running around telling people that Tupac is alive and he's hiding out in Malaysia. And he's also telling people out here all over social media how the Illuminati has been after him and that they are planning on taking him out. Episode 14, it's your boy First Letter. Welcome back, y'all. I've been gone for a month dealing with some music-related business, but now we're back. Stick around. We're getting into this. Now, before I go any further, I just want to apologize to all of the listeners out there who have noticed the fact that we've been gone for a month's time. Um, Again, dealing with some music-related business and uh, some other personal matters, nothing too heavy, but we are back and we are rocking again. So, yeah, Suge Knight Jr. Um, is out here and he's been on social media for the past few days now. And he's been putting up some very ridiculous stuff. And it's been pissing a lot of people off because it's feeding into the whole Tupac Shakur being alive and hidden in, within the world somewhere conspiracy theories. And... This boy, with his father being Suge Knight, he, I guess, says that he has all of the information that we, the common people, don't in regards to the Tupac Shakur murder. Now, when I first heard this, I kind of scratched my head because I thought about it. Now, I'm not sure how old Suge Knight Jr. is, but I would have to guess that he is in his early 20s which would probably mean around the time when Tupac Shakur passed, he was too young enough to remember Pac if he had even met him in the first place. So that's one thing that ruled his credibility out for me. But, um, you know, if you've been on social media and you've been on Instagram and you've seen the pictures and the posts that he's been putting up, they're obviously screenshot photos. I believe there's one where it's like Beyonce hugging up against Tupac. But it's clearly a photo that was edited where it was Beyonce and Jay-Z. And he put up an old picture from like 2005, 2006, 7, where it's 50 Cent um, dapping up Tupac in a club. I just think it's utterly ridiculous um, on one hand. But there's another side of me who has to be a little, uh, who has to empathize with this young man too. Because I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with what's been going on with his dad, but Suge Knight senior was just actually sentenced to 28 years for the vehicular, excuse me, the vehicular homicide case that was ongoing with him. And, um, he was just sentenced to 28 years by a California judge. And, you know, Suge is going to be gone for a long time. Um, and it's safe to say that he will be gone and locked up for the latter years of his life because Suge himself is an, uh, you know, he's he's an elderly man. I believe Suge is in his 50s or being close to 60. Uh, I'm not sure. But I have to empathize in a way with this young man because maybe this could be his way of acting out. Um, maybe this is how he vents. Maybe this is how he deals with the frustration because you have to think about it. His dad is going to get a 28-year sentence, and he's going to be a much older man if the time comes when Suge actually gets released, if it gets to that point, because 
Suge Knight Sr. is not doing well health-wise, so we don't know how much time he can actually do in prison. But um, it's a sad situation all around because I just wish that me personally, um, the family and, and people who are close relatives of Tupac Shakur would just, you know, give, would just be given their time to actually let everything be done. Let everything be in the past. Let the history be the history. You know, let Pac rest in peace. And um, on, a, on the other hand, you know, as I just stated, you know, there's a young man who's obviously looking for some sort of attention. He might be in a phase of disbelief or he might be grieving over the fact of his dad being uh, given such a long prison sentence. But either way, I don't know. I'm not going to really stay on top of this um, this situation for too long because there's uh, a bunch of other stuff that I wanted to kind of like discuss and just kind of get my thoughts on. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I felt like, you know, when I see stuff like this is always being done for shock value. And I felt like this was the case. And again, my opinion was that this young man is actually going through it. Um, I've never seen Suge's son actually on social media except for this one time, which totally surprised me because um, up until this point, he's been rather quiet. He's been pretty private. I know the young man, he's into music. Um, he has a career himself and he manages artists locally out there in Cali. But I've never known him to pull these type of hijinks and be this um, outspoken you know, so clearly there's something going on. There's some hurting somewhere. You know, that's just my opinion on it, though. So to this young man, Suge Knight Jr., you know, thoughts go out to him, you know, because that's a, a crazy situation to deal with. You won't see your dad for another 28 years of your adult life. And like I said, if it gets to the point where Suge is even released, he will be a very, very old man. So, you know, thoughts and prayers going out to the young brother there. So moving off of Suge Knight Jr., something else that I want to get into that's been on my mind. Lil Wayne. Yes, Lil Wayne. Last week, Thursday, I believe it was, and it was around midnight, I got a text message from a, a close friend of mine. And he told me, he says, listen, open up Apple Music immediately. So I said, OK. Something hot must have released, right? Because I'm I'm always late about this shit anyway. I opened up Apple Music and Lil Wayne's Carter 5 finally was released. Now, it's a very big deal. It's a, actually a huge deal in hip-hop because this is an album that was long anticipated. And when I say long anticipated, I mean this shit was like how Avatar was for everybody when that shit came out. Well, at least the geeks anyway. But something in me couldn't I couldn't bring myself to listen to the album. I don't know what it was. It's it has nothing to do with Lil Wayne because I've listened to Lil Wayne for years and I know what he's capable of as an artist and as an MC in terms of his lyrical prowess. He's there. But there's no connection anymore with myself and his music. Because unlike how it was for me with the Carter 3 and 4, I was on it because that connection that I had to the music, that connection that I had to this particular artist was there. 
Now, he took so long because he had to go through all of this legal shit and all of this upheaval with his label. And he had to go through everything with uh, Birdman that it kind of distracted not only him and took him away from the music, but it took the fans, myself included, away from a lot of the stuff that he was doing music wise anyway. You know, he had his few releases here and there. He had features galore in the meantime. But everything that I would I would say that was up until the rollout for this album, I just wasn't present for it. And I'm guilty to say that I still haven't heard this album and it's already been out two weeks now with this being the second Friday. But I'm not going to review it because I, I feel like anything that's been covered a week prior to when I record these episodes, I'm not going to touch base on it unless it's something that I really want to discuss. But by now, everybody that has a platform like this has already jumped on the Carter Five and they've done their reviews in and out. So I think it would be something really stale if I did it. But I am happy that things did go in Wayne's favor. You know, he seemed to have um, come to some type of common ground with Birdman on this whole money situation that was owed to him through not only Young Money, but Universal also. And it seems like things are moving in a positive direction for all of them. Because for a while now, you know, I felt like Lil Wayne was, you know, for him being such a big artist to be exposed like that, for having a, uh, how would I say, a weakness in his armor and not knowing the business, you know, it didn't make him look any type of way because all artists at some point or another will go through a, a moment of where they are going to be taken advantage of. But it just put him on a platform higher than anyone else because he is such a premier artist like that. But um, I am glad that things are going his way. But I have not listened to the Carter Five yet, and I will do so in the privacy of my home, maybe sometime later this weekend when I get some time. But along with all the positivity that comes with everyone, including myself, celebrating the release and this rollout for the Carter Five, the positivity comes hand in hand with some negativity. Now, I heard a rumor this week now. I don't know if you guys remember when Lil Wayne's tour bus had been shot up some time ago, and I can't even remember how long ago that was, and I'm not even going to fucking try to do so because my mind is that bad. But Lil Wayne's tour bus was shot up some time ago, and now there's a rumor that's circulating, and it's putting Birdman and actually Young Thug's road manager as the two... How, how would you say like the cold conspirators who actually put this thing together now i don't want to believe shit like this because this is exactly what the media does and they have a tendency to do things like this to put you know put us against each other you know and to make us look very untrustworthy and to make us look ill the media has a way of doing that and i hate to see brothers against brothers but there's an audio um, of, a, of a phone conversation that was held between Birdman and uh, Young Thug's road manager. And it was on the actual night when Thug's manager was arrested for the said shooting. So I'm going to get into this audio first and let you guys hear this. 
and then I'm going to discuss it. And I'm also going to talk about what this means in regards to this whole Little Wayne bus shooting and how Birdman fits into all of this shit. So take a listen to it. I'll be right back with you guys. All right. So that apparently is the audio, or at least I'm thinking that's a clip of this recorded phone conversation that the police have on record. And where they're stating that Birdman is linked to this Little Wayne tour bus shooting with having paid a contract or had what was supposed to have been delivered was an undisclosed amount of money to Young Thug's manager, who was actually the trigger man, uh, according to the cops. Now, I don't know how many of you got anything that was said in this phone conversation in this little clip. But I didn't understand shit. To me, it sounded like they were speaking another language. And there's nothing on there directly that, to me, incriminates Birdman in any way. Because you have to think about it. This is a guy who deals with a lot of different people, a lot of different personalities. He manages artists. He has to deal with other artists, managers, and management teams and stuff like that. So we don't know what type of business he's actually referring to uh, in regards to where he says, get out and get your money. But according to the police, they have a bunch of evidence, and I guess it might come out as the weeks progress, and where they're saying that Birdman is actually the one who orchestrated it and put up the cash to have Wayne's bus shot up. And again, I hope that this shit isn't true because I would hate to see Birdman go down for some shit like that because it's very unnecessary it's very petty for him to be a successful mogul and have the type of career that he's had and to be in the type of position that he's in to throw the shit away because himself and Wayne were feuding and they were going through some shit at the time which was business related which had a little bit of personal shit sprinkled into it it would be very foolish on his part to actually see him go down in such a manner over this bullshit. But again, I'm I'm hoping that it's not true. Personally, I don't want to believe it. Um, I, I really, I don't believe it anyway until all of the facts come out. I mean, they released this, this clip here and it's, to me, it's inconclusive. I can't go off of this to say like he's guilty of anything or yeah, he's the one that, you know, I, I can't do that. This is, this is not proven shit. At the end of the day, it just sounds like people having a regular conversation to me. So jumping off of Wayne and Birdman, I have to close out the discussions with Bill Cosby because I don't think that it would be right if I don't address this matter and speak on the situation that's been um, going on within the past couple of weeks, within the past few months, actually, and his case and now his sentencing. So for those of you who don't know, and I'm pretty sure the majority of you do, Bill Cosby has just been sentenced to three to 10 years in a Philadelphia state facility. Now, in the height of the Me Too movement and everyone taking action against um, various powerful figures, male figures within hip hop um, in regards to sexual assault, um, any type of sexual battery, 
uh, any type of sexual misconduct or overly aggressive behavior towards women. Bill Cosby has been the first person and I will say the first person who has been publicly made an example of. Okay, at the height of this movement that's going on in this country. Now, this whole thing started with Harvey Weinstein, if I'm not mistaken. And the Me Too movement really set their claws into Hollywood by targeting and going after him. And I remember Harvey Weinstein having to step down from his um, television and film company. And this has been... Uh, news that was made public prior to Bill Cosby actually getting into the spotlight and his trial and everything being, you know, going underway. And I don't understand how they got Bill Cosby at the point where he's just been sentenced, right? He's going to do state jail time. And Harvey Weinstein, we have yet to hear about anything that's going on with him, okay? Now, I hate to be the one to always make this like a racial issue, but we can't ignore certain factors, you know, and we have to be real and we have to call things out for what they are. You know, for whatever reason, it's easier for them to railroad someone like Bill Cosby, because you have to remember for years, he's been someone who's been a a, a beloved figure, you know, in this country, he was uh, deemed America's dad at one point, you know, coming from off of the Cosby show and his character, Cliff Huxtable, you know, a successful black doctor, you know, never fitting into none of the negative stereotypes and the negative tropes that Hollywood likes to typecast our people in. And that didn't sit well with a lot of people in white Hollywood. But I'm not going to go into that and I'm not going to jump off the deep end with this here because I don't want this to be a race um, related discussion. That's not what I wanted to speak about, speak on in terms of Bill Cosby. Uh, Just something that I wanted to point out, regardless of what the fact is, though, race aside. I don't condone any of this type of behavior. You know, I I look down, I frown upon um, anyone who victimizes women uh, whether you're physically abusing, mentally abusing, any type of way. I, I, I don't have any type of remorse for anybody who catches long-term sentences for any of these offenses and these crimes against women. I'm not for that type of shit, okay? And I'm just going to state that. So whatever evidence that they had on Bill Cosby, um, enough to actually put him in the predicament that he's in now, I will say that it's just as well served up for his victims and also for the victims' families. But um, me, just kind of like taking a step back from it, I'm just trying to absorb everything that's been going on because it's a little surreal in, in the moment because I still really can't believe it. It's like, damn, I, I saw the news coverage and they showed this old, you know, older Bill Cosby being taken away in handcuffs and shit like that. And it kind of bugged me out because... You know, it kind of had like this, 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 I kind of had like this feeling of it not being real, you know, still not wanting to accept it for what it is. But, you know, it also speaks to an issue of, um, you know, the OJ, the OJ mentality that a lot of black, very famous black actors and actresses tend to adopt once they reach a certain status in Hollywood and a certain level of success, because I can remember at one point in time, 
black people weren't fucking with Bill Cosby at all because he was saying some really, really harsh and negative things about his people. And he was doing so on some of the biggest platforms that he could do it, like Larry King, I believe, at one point um, on CNN. And he was saying some of the most negative and hurtful shit about us as a people. And it kind of brought me back to O.J. Simpson to where he was asked by a white reporter at one time. I believe it was during the L.A. riots. And correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the reporters at the time during all of this social uh, and racial tension that was going on in Los Angeles at that time, they asked O.J. Simpson how he felt about it and how he felt about um, being a black man and being successful in America. And his answer was, I'm not black, I'm O.J. So I call it the the the, the, the O.J. Um, mentality because some of these actors, you know, some of these African-American actors, they tend to get a little beside themselves when they've reached a certain level of success and status. You know, this should be a prime example to everyone who's out here of color, whether you are making it in the world of entertainment, fashion, or whatever it is that you're doing, sports. Do you, but don't forget who you are. Do not um, escape and do not run away from who your identity is because they will always, they will always, 100% of the time, they will let you know you will be um reminded okay and this here is a reminder and this is being used bill cosby himself is being used as an example so before i close this out i just want to play the audio clip that i got from some news coverage that was at the courthouse the day of the sentencing man this is some real shocking shit that i had to speak about before i closed out this episode all right so before I get out of here, I'm going to play this clip for you guys, and I'm going to come right back. I view this as this as an incredibly serious crime, a serious matter. As I'm sure you've discussed, the sentencing range on this case was 22 to 36 months. Clearly, the judge, in effect, threw the book at Bill Cosby. Three to ten years means he does at least three years. Unlikely he would do anywhere near the ten years, but three years at a bare minimum. That means it's state time. So what we're arguing about right now, right. the defense immediately said, we want bail for our client. We want bail for Mr. Cosby. The state, uh, the prosecutor, of course, argued vehemently against that. There will be a, a bit of argument and hearing on that within the next little bit. Right. But the state, the prosecution, wants to send him He's right off to the Who's Gal. All right, sir. Back thank away. you thank very you. much. So this is going to go right to the county facility. If, in fact, he's remanded directly, he will go in cuffs right over to the county facility, the Montgomery County facility in Eagleville, then within probably a couple of days to SCI, that's the State Correctional Institution at Phoenix, that's the old Graterford site, the brand new facility there. From there, he'll be assigned to a state correctional facility somewhere in Pennsylvania. The theory is perhaps out in southwestern Pennsylvania, Somerset County, that's Laurel Highlands, where they have specific civic facilities for elderly patients and those with a violent sexual predator is what bill cosby will have the displeasure of consistently labeling himself as wherever he goes upon his release from prison whenever that may be and he's also going to have to undergo counseling every month um i guess uh, under some type of megan's law statute so again they are using this man this black man as old as he is, as an example to all of you younger black males, leave these white women alone. To all you up-and-coming rappers, athletes, leave them alone. 
So that will do it for episode 14 of this podcast. I want to thank y'all, as always, for tuning in and listening to my dry ass. I will be back next week with episode 15. But before I get out of here, I'm going to close this show out with some new music. And it's from an artist of mine that I really, really, really like. And it's actually not an artist of mine. It's an artist that I like. And I've been listening to his music for a long time now. And he just released his project entitled Volume 2. And it's Dom Kennedy. If y'all not up on this brother, please go check his music out. And I'm going to close this out with a record off of this project entitled Rollerblades, which so far is my favorite on here. So as always, it's your boy First Letter signing out. Enjoy your weekends. Be kind. Be courteous. Be caring to one another. I'm out of here, y'all. About Huey P. Newton I'm playing a guitar on some acoustic Checked in Samo, hey, I'm the new kid To these phony fly niggas, I'm a nuisance Still rock Stussy and exclusives Blame this on my brother Jay Pounds, he produced it Shout out to my OG David Blake with the trophies Arm out the window, don't trip, I'm just cruising Hit it from the side with the pole stick Cold game, so I went and got the Woolrich Them young brothers from the West can't be fooled with Especially that nigga Dom K, what's the movement? I don't talk bad about the people that I'm cool with Don't write checks if your mouth can't recoup it White rag cop Jerry Heller, it gets ruthless Being a real one pays off, I just proved it